Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And I'm Paris. Hi, I'm Chris. And this is the special presentation of the Penny Dreadful Varney the Vampire or the Feast of Blood, this time with our very good friends from the Terrible Book Club podcast. Yes, hello. We're here again. Uh, Chris came back from his home planet. We uh, don't expect him to be leaving again anytime soon. So he is here to save us from uh, missing really, really solid jokes. <laughs> that's, you're putting me, mm, that's a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's here to just spice it up, spice it up right. Yeah, let's leave it at that. My own flavor additions. Thanks again for having the uh, Terrible Book Club. We we do love these uh, TBCXAF crossovers, as the kids might say. I really don't know. The kids would say if they <laughs> listened to our <laughs> if shows. They cared. <laughs> yeah, if, any, if anyone gave a shit. The kids are too busy watching like that guy who made sicko mode make burgers or whatever. I don't even understand... Uh, ounce of what you said. <laughs> we are on chapter five of Varney the Vampire. <laughs> Ken just pulls out a shepherd's crook and drags me and Dee off stage. Off the stage. We don't need Travis yeah. Scott jokes here. We're 30. Uh, yeah, Ken, do you want to you explain the rules to our, our fine listeners? Absolutely. We will be using Eye of Argon rules for this reading, which means that we will each read for as long as we can until we either fuck up or crack up, at which point it passes to the next reader. And heckling from the non-readers is encouraged. And also hilarious modifications from the reader if they can maintain composure and make those modifications work. Thank you. <laughs> if I feel like I was being targeted with that one, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I made, what did I do last time? You and I, I both daddy... bridge a lot. Yeah, daddy... Daddy something. I was going to say Daddy Dumps, but that's not right. <laughs> daddy Marchdale. <laughs> daddy, 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 daddy Dale. Dale. Yeah. He daddy refers Dale. to Henry by his Christian name, but is not given the same courtesy in turn. Are his feelings one-sided? Tonight we find out. <laughs> I mean, we still haven't found out if the family knows him. <laughs> yeah, he's also daddy that, Dale. he has been continually referred to as the stranger in their home, and no one has explained why he's there in their home if he's a stranger. And on a first-name basis... <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, why is nobody worried about this? Like, <laughs> this is a little concerning. Especially given the oh. issue is that someone is in the house <laughs> that they don't know. And they're just like, yo, guy I don't know. This is pretty fucked up, right? And he's like, yeah, me- mega fucked up. Someone you don't know is in the house. Anyway, who are you? Yeah, I don't know why he's not, like, suspect number one, right? It's just so strange. Let's maybe have a TBC or start uh, this time around. Chris, you want to start yeah, us off? Yeah, let's get Chris off the oh, top. Oh, yeah. Just dive into the deep end over here. Chris, do you want a plot summary of the events up to now, or do you want to just go in? No, I'll just dip the toes and whole leg it in here. Yeah. No, figure- we're the terrible book club. We don't give a shit about what's happened before. Context <laughs> learning. Here's the thing. I don't know if explaining it would tell you anything. This is fine. I'll figure yeah. it out. It's also fair. Also Explaining fair. it would explain nothing. A kind of stupefaction came over Henry Bannerworth, and he sat for about a quarter of an hour, <laughs> scarcely conscious of where he was, that... and almost incapable of anything in the shape of rational thought. <laughs> okay. It was his brother, George, who roused him by saying, as he laid his hand upon his shoulder, Henry, are you asleep? Henry had not been aware of his presence, and he started up as if he had been shot. <laughs> Okay, that's a pretty extreme reaction. (laughs) He, like, fell over. Jesus. Oh, George, is it you? He said. I'm doing my best got shot impression there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Henry, are you unwell? No, no, I was in deep reverie. It's the same state I'm in at Claire's. (laughs) Alas, I need not ask upon what subject, said George sadly. I sought you to bring you this letter. A letter to me? Yes, you see, it is addressed to you, and the seal looks as if it came from someone of consequence. But the letter to me, for me, is it addressed to me? It's the to me. me. Yeah, the, to you. <laughs> to who? But they forgot to mention is that uh, Henry's brother does have gun hands. Is that why he was shot? <laughs> yeah, just guns for hands? Yeah, yeah he taps him on the shoulder and I was like, bang! <laughs> yes, Henry, read it, and see from whence it comes. There was just sufficient light by going to the window to enable Henry to read the letter, which he did aloud. It ran thus. 
Sir Francis Varney presents his compliments to Mr. Beaumont and is much concerned to hear that some domestic affliction has fallen upon him. Sir Francis hopes that the genuine and loving sympathy of a neighbor will not be regarded as an intrusion and begs to proffer any assistance or counsel that may be within the compass of his means. Ratford Abbey. Ratford? <laughs> Ratford oh, Abbey, the most welcoming place I've ever heard. And I like rats. Come on, yeah, same. But like, yeah, come on down to the Ratford Abbey. Ugh. <laughs> Sir Francis Varney, said Henry. Who is he? Do you not remember, Henry, said George? We were told a few days ago that a gentleman of that name had become the purchaser of the estate of Ratford Abbey. <laughs> oh, no, yes, yes. Who's going to buy Ratford Abbey? It sounds awful. <laughs> it's a very, very down market, Downton Abbey, for sure. <laughs> this is Ratchet Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in the dump, the Dumpstown Dales. Its major feature is a big hole full of blood. <laughs> oh, and don't forget a ceiling with a hole in it where all the elements can just rain upon you. Yeah, that's where the blood comes in. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I and Crimson Peak feel very attacked right now. <laughs> the, the blood usually comes in between March and June. Yeah. Uh, so don't worry too much don't, about the don't rest Don't worry of about you. the blood. Uh, you'd be the owner of a big, beautiful blood hole. <laughs> Chris, I'm sorry. We totally like, just railroaded I'll you wait. there. I was really enjoying uh, a picture that we're painting of Ratford Abbey. <laughs> I mean, all the statues are like, instead of angels or griffins, it's just rats. <laughs> just, But they're doing the same stuff. Uh. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's little rats in robes. Now it's just Redwall. Now it's, yeah, Oh, shit. that's rad. Okay. You've built we... Redwall. That's good. I like hey, Redwall. I don't know anything about this story we're reading, so it might as well be Redwall and, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Henry is also a badger. So. Okay. That would explain oh, a lot. Only. Oh, yes, yes. Have you seen him? I have not. I do not wish to make any new acquaintance, George. <laughs> okay. We are very poor, much poorer <laughs> indeed than the general appearance of this place, which I fear we shall soon have to part with, would warrant anyone believing. I must, of course, return a civil answer to this gentleman, but it must be such as one as shall repress familiarity. Um, George, I don't want any new fucking friends. <laughs> Friends cost money, George. Friends, God, I gotta buy him fucking dinner. Like, get him out. Get him out. <laughs> that will be difficult to do while we remain here when we come to consider the very close proximity of the two properties, Henry. Oh, no, not at all. He will easily perceive that we do not want to make acquaintance with him. <laughs> and then, as a gentleman, which doubtless he is, he will give up the attempt. I don't have to change. This is just very funny. <laughs> I'll give up. I just love this crash course in Victorian etiquette of how not to make friends. <laughs> yeah. Just like, no, 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 it'll be fine. We're just going to be extremely rude and he will stop. <laughs> He'll get the hint eventually. <laughs> He's going to pick up the hint. Let it um. be so, Henry. Heaven knows I have no desire to form any new acquaintance with anyone. <laughs> it's and more particularly under our present circumstances of depression. And now, Henry, you must permit me, as I have had some repose, to share with you your night watch in Flora's room. I would advise you not, George. Your health, you know, is very far from good. This whole exchange is pretty much just what goes through my head when someone makes eye contact with me at Starbucks. Right? <laughs> Nay, allow me. If not, then the anxiety I shall suffer will do me more harm than the watchfulness I shall keep up in her chamber. This was an argument which Henry felt himself the force of too strongly not to admit it in the case of George, and he therefore made no further opposition to his wish to make one in the night watch. Wow, a lot of words in that uh, sentence. That's a yeah, sentence. what was that sentence even? What was the... Can someone... Can someone find the object and subject of that sentence? Where's the predicate? Let's diagram this. I didn't misspeak any of that. I was pretty impressed like that you didn't hiccup once in, in that like a doozer. Yeah, well done, Chris. That was Yeah, really. Thank you. That was bonkers. There will be an advantage, said George. You see, in three of us being engaged in this matter, because should anything occur, two can act together, and yet Flora may not be left alone. Well, see, the thing about there being three of us is that there will be three people, <laughs> and that that three is more than two. 
Thanks, I, Yeah, just... That's great. Really clear. <laughs> true, true. That is a great advantage. Yeah. Now, a soft, gentle, silvery light began to spread itself over the heavens. The moon was rising, and as the beneficial effects of the storm of the preceding evening were still felt in the clearness of the air, the rays appeared to be more lustrous and full of beauty than they commonly were. I feel like it's big of them to talk about the beneficial effects of the storm when it definitely burned down someone's mill. <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Within view. <laughs> when was there a mill burned down? That was in the first chapter where... Because it's Victorian times, to get mood lighting for your creepy vampire scene, you do have to set a mill on fire in the middle of the night. So the storm conveniently thunderstruck the mill. You know, I respect that. Yeah, I respect and they watched, that. They watched the mill burn down, and then the next day they're just like, man, I'm really glad we had that storm. Shame about all the people in that mill, though. <laughs> Wait, were, were people night milling? Was there I night imagine. milling happening? I mean, really? I'm assuming... I don't think there was a night shift at the mill. Yeah, the that's years what I'm of saying. industry never stop. Mm. Gotta get that grain. They probably had like fucking ten kids in there, like cleaning out the blades of the threshing machine. Like, oh, you're fucking right. There are probably a bunch of dead kids in that mill <laughs> fire. Sorry. God, uh, the, the trick is that the kids had died long before the stop fire started. <laughs> at the risk of going on an extreme <laughs> tangent, have any of you ever heard of Nathan Seely's meal? No. No. Is that Sealy Posturepedic? D, you went there with me. You have absolutely heard of it. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> no, okay, it was called something different. It was called a museum. It was called... <laughs> it was a completely unremarkable patch of woodland marked only by, like, a state park sign announcing oh, it was the site of Nathan Sealy's mill. The evil wizard mill, yeah. Yes, the evil wizard mill, because he was the first person in the county to have, like, machinery... Industrial Revolution level machinery to make the mill run at night. So when people saw that there were like fires going in the mill, they were like, "Oh shit, he's a wizard. He's got imps in there. <laughs> he's got he's got to have some demonic imps." Man, that's a real jump. Like nighttime activity, gotta be demons. Oh, it's gotta geez. be demons. Only All explanation. Right. Wait, where is where is this mill? It's only like thirty minutes away, right? Yeah, it is in southeast Massachusetts. I will find it on a map for you. <laughs> Oh, right. I don't remember the exact location right now, but it is well worth a trip to drive out to a single sign and then leave. <laughs> you know, that's what we got for entertainment these days, man. We got, we're driving <laughs> out to signs. Really... We're, just, we're just asking people on the internet to send us to things. I mean, this is what we got. I, I literally, like, for fun, was just like, I'm going to drive to Wareham. And then I got to Wareham and I was like, neat. And then I, like, left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, why am I here? Yeah, it's just like, I didn't even, I didn't go shopping or anything. <laughs> I just showed up. I think Chris is uh, going to threaten to go back to his home planet if we don't allow him to continue oh, reading no. the Chris, story. Chris, please, we need you. Oh, I'm patient. Each moment, the night grew lighter. And by the time the brothers were ready to take their places in the chamber of Flora, the moon had risen considerably. Although neither Henry nor George had any objection to the company of Mr. Marchdale, Yet they gave him the option and rather, in fact, urged him not to destroy his night's repose by sitting up with them, but he said, Allow me to do so. I am older and have calmer judgment than you can have. Should anything again appear, I am quite resolved that it shall not escape me. This is coming from the guy who top tier lost his shit. <laughs> what would you do with the name of God upon my lips, said Mr. Marchdale solemnly. I would grapple with it. I I'm a wrestle it. <laughs> I'm a wrestle that vampire. I'm a wrestle that son of a bitch. I shall bestow upon him the people's elbow, and he shall smell what I have been cooking. <laughs> no, I'm going to bust out my WWE moves on this motherfucker. You oh, laid hands elbow. upon it last night. I did, and have forgotten to show you what I tore from it. Look here. What should you say this was? He produced a piece of cloth, on which was an old-fashioned piece of lace, and two buttons. Upon a close inspection, this appeared to be a portion of the lapel of a coat of ancient times. And suddenly, Henry, with a look of intense anxiety, said, You grabbed his undies. <laughs> this reminds me of the fashion of garments very many years ago, Mr. Marchdale. It came away in my grasp as if rotten and incapable of standing any rough usage. <laughs> oh, no. What a strange, unearthly smell it has. Oh, no, rotten panties. Now you mention it yourself, added Mr. Marchdale. I must confess, it smells to me as if it had really come from the very grave. It does, 
does. Say nothing of this relic of last night's work to anyone. Be assured I shall not. I am far from wishing to keep up in anyone's mind proofs of that which I would fain, very fain, refute. Fain, very fain. Very fain. Very. Is a great way to just increase the word count, huh? I would fain, very fain. How many words is that? Okay, super fain, the fainest. (laughs) Mr. Marchdale replaced the portion of the coat which the figure had worn in his pocket, and then the whole three proceeded to the chamber of Flora. It was within a very few minutes of midnight. The moon had climbed high in the heavens, and a night of such brightness and beauty had seldom shown itself for a long period of time. Flora slept, and in her chamber sat the two brothers and Mr. Marchdale silently, for she had shown symptoms of restlessness, and they much feared to break the light slumber into which she had fallen. I I don't know how I'd be able to fall asleep in a room where, like, there was just, like, four people looking at me. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Occasionally, they had conversed in whispers, which could not have the effect of rousing her, for the room, although smaller than the one she had before occupied, was still sufficiently spacious to enable them to get some distance from the bed. Until the hour of midnight now actually struck, they were silent, and when the last echo of the sounds had died away, a feeling of uneasiness came over them, which prompted some conversation to get rid of it. These sentences are weird. Like, Yeah, it's like, hey, do you want to be confused all the time while reading a vampire story? Sick, we got you. It's like they forget the subject that the the sentence is relating back to. It's it's wild. Yeah. I don't even. I have trouble even like f- figuring out what the fuck is wrong with it. I feel like I'm reading <sighs> German philosophy again. Like that's Ugh. not how I should feel. Like, I mean, I love I love German philosophy, but like that's not the mood I'm looking for in a casual ass fiction. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Not looking for six commas and two lines of one sentence. How bright the moon is now, said Henry in a low tone. Oh, that's great. <laughs> really get that small Well, that's going. Henry's voice now. Yeah. I never saw it brighter, replied Marchdale. I feel as if I were assured that we shall not tonight be interrupted. It was later than this, said Henry. <laughs> it was. It was. Do not then yet congratulate us upon no visit. <laughs> I, li- I like pissed I lo- off I deep it, yeah. tone, Henry. How still the house is, remarked George. It seems to me as if I had never found it so intensely quiet before. George sounds like a late 80s punk rocker. That's great. It is very still. Hush, she moves. Flora moaned in her sleep and made a slight movement. The curtains were all drawn closely round the bed to shield her eyes from the bright moonlight, which streamed into the room so brilliantly. They might have closed the shutters of the window, but this they did not like to do, as it would render their watch there of no avail at all, inasmuch as they would not be able to see if any attempt was made by anyone to obtain admittance. Just say you can't fucking see outside if you shut the window, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like... My, my favorite is that everyone has a mild stutter, because that way you can say something twice. Oh. A quarter of an hour longer might have thus passed when Mr. Marchdale said in a whisper, A thought has just struck me that the piece of coat I have, which I dragged from the figure last night, wonderfully resembles in color and appearance the style of dress of the portrait in the room which Flora lately slept in. Wait, isn't it the room they're fucking in right now? Why couldn't you just be like- No, they moved rooms, right? Oh, oh, right, right, right. I thought of that, said Henry, when I first saw it, but to tell the honest truth, I dreaded to suggest any new proof connected with last night's visitation. Then I ought not to have drawn your attention to it, said Mr. Marchdale, and regret I have done so. (laughs) Nay, do not blame yourself on such an account, said Henry. You are quite right, and it is I who am too foolishly sensitive. Now, however, since you have mentioned it, I must own I have a great desire to test the accuracy of the observation by a comparison with the portrait. That may easily be done. (laughs) I will remain here, said George, in case Flora awakens. (laughs) And while you two go if you like, it is but across the corridor. Wait, so their plan is to, it's too dark to see because it's night. So their plan is to leave and go make a portrait comparison, which will require good lighting to assess whether or not the color matches. And this absolutely cannot wait until morning. Yeah, it's important. Okay. I don't know how to make this more clear to you, Ken. (laughs) Henry immediately rose saying, come, Mr. Marchdale, come. 
let us satisfy ourselves you at all events upon this point at once as george says it is only across the corridor and we can return directly i am willing said mr marchdale with a tone of sadness i'm willing <laughs> i'm willing fucking eeyore ass there was no light needed for the moon stood suspended in a cloudless sky so that from the house being a detached one and containing numerous windows it was as light as day Although the distance from one chamber to the other was only across the corridor, it was a greater space than these words might occupy. Oh, I doubt that very much. <laughs> <laughs> For the corridor was wide. Neither was it directly across, but considerably slanting. However, it was certainly sufficiently close at hand for any sound of alarm from one chamber to reach another without any difficulty. Well, I can hear everything in this room. There, I made it shorter for you. <laughs> Ooh, loud room. Like it. <laughs> a few moments sufficed to place Henry and Mr. Marchdale in that antique room, where, from the effect of the moonlight which was streaming over it, the portrait on the panel looked exceedingly lifelike. And this effect was probably the greater because the rest of the room was not illuminated by the moon's rays, which came through a window in the corridor, and then at the open door of the chamber upon the portrait. Mr. Marchdale held the piece of cloth he had close to the dress of the portrait, and one glance was sufficient to show the wonderful likeness between the two. Good God, said Henry. It is the same. <laughs> Mr. Marchdale dropped the piece of cloth and trembled. This fact shakes even your skepticism, said Henry. I know not what to make of it. I can tell you something which bears upon it. I do not know if you are sufficiently aware of my family history to know that this one of my ancestors, I wish I could say worthy ancestors, committed suicide and was buried in his clothes. Well, which is unusually my ancestors were buried stark ass naked. Yes. Always naked, you know, with their with all their sex toys in place. That's how we do yes. it. Yes. Fully listen, he wanted the jeweled butt plug there and he will have it. <laughs> You are sure of that? Quite sure. I am more and more bewildered as each moment some strange corroborative fact of that dreadful supposition we so much shrink from seems to come to light and to force itself upon our attention. It's like it's like Dr. Frankenstein takes eight sentences and he and he just kind of slams them all together. It's he could have just said, <laughs> "I'm confused. This seems to put together the what the story we had was." That wasn't even a good sentence there. That was a worse sentence, actually. Yeah, like, basically, he's like, I'm confused. It looks like a fucking, looks like it might be a vampire, my man. Like, <laughs> like they just keep, uh, I, I mean, I know why, but it's, oh. I tried to make a better sentence there, and I couldn't because I was, I've been reading this thing for, like, a solid 20 <laughs> yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've been, you've been on a tear. Yeah, what the fuck? How are we going to knock you from your fucking, your throne here, dog? Try better. He has supernatural powers, almost as if powers granted from the veil beyond the grave. Oh my god, mm. we can't see him. We can't see what he's wearing. Hey, it's Chris, true. I need yes. a scrap of your clothing to compare against a portrait for no reason. Just real quick. Sure. Is it of the fashion of ancient times? Yeah, my well-worn hoodie. You could definitely see those in the 18th century. <laughs> His 18th century hooded sweatshirt. My hooded Good gracious. Hooded cloak. All right. Uh, sorry, Chris. There was a silence of a few moments duration, and Henry had turned towards Mr. Marchdale to say something. Please don't. <laughs> when the cautious tread of a footstep was heard in the garden, immediately beneath that balcony. A sickening sensation came over Henry, and he was compelled to lean against the wall for support, as in scarcely articulate accents he said, <laughs> What? The vampire! The vampire god of heaven! It has come once again! So to recap, he heard a bush rustle outside and immediately concluded vampire. Yeah, there's definitely no animals or anything. I'm really curious as to as to a scarcely articulate accent. It was like, <laughs> like is he slurring? I don't. <laughs> now heaven inspire us with more than mortal courage, cried Mr. Marchdale, and he dashed open the window at once and sprang into the balcony. Yeah, just keep screaming. That won't scare it away. The vampire's outside. Let's open the window so it can get in easier. Yeah. And shout. And just shout at it. Like like Ronnie James fucking Dio. Just scream. Henry, in a moment, recovered himself sufficiently to follow him. And when he reached his side in the balcony, Marchdale said as he pointed below, There is someone concealed there. Where? Where? Among the laurels. I will fire a random shot 
and we may do some execution. Oh, God. <laughs> Holy okay, shit. All right. All right. <laughs> who, who fucking was like, you know what we need to do? We got we to gotta, we gotta go, gotta go to the experts here. You know, what do, what do the experts do? They shoot wildly at supernatural phenomenon. Listen, listen, Henry, I'm going to fucking shoot somewhere and God willing, I'll do a murder. <laughs> I'm telling you, they, you know, they, I mean, they, they talked to fucking Karnacki. They were like, Karnacki, what do we do? And he was like, shoot wildly into the nothing. Fire in every direction. Don't even ask questions. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Hopefully he'll execute someone. <laughs> Hold, said a voice from below. Don't do any such thing, I beg of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, imagine. Why, that is Mr. Chillingworth's voice, cried Henry. <laughs> yes, and it's Mr. Chillingworth's person, too, said the doctor, as he emerged oh, hey. from among some laurel bushes. Chillingworth got it. How is this, said Marchdale. Simply that I made up my mind to keep watch and ward tonight outside here in the hope of catching the vampire. I got into here by climbing the gate. <laughs> yeah, it is fucking normal. It's totally Yeah, it's normal. fine. Don't worry about That's it. That's regular behavior. Yeah I, yeah, I snuck into your fucking mansion. Wait, so the doctor just like snuck in through a, like bushes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he could have he could have right. asked if they wanted help. Just cool, normal doctor things. He would have been like, they would have been like, yeah, that's fine. Instead, he was like, I'm not going to tell you guys fucking bullshit. But why did you not let me know, said Henry, because I did not know myself, my young friend, till an hour and a half ago. Also, <laughs> cell phones don't exist yet. So I couldn't text you or anything, my dude. Well, you know, the best thing to do then is to sneak into the garden. <laughs> Have you seen anything? Nothing, but I fancied I heard something in the park outside the wall. Indeed. What say you, Henry, said Mr. Marchdale, to descending and taking a hasty examination of the garden and grounds? I am willing, but first allow me to speak to George, who otherwise might be surprised at our long absence. Henry walked rapidly to the bedchamber of Flora, and he said to George, Have you any objection to being left alone here for about half an hour, George, while we make an examination of the garden? Let me have some weapon, and I care not. Remain here while I fetch a sword from my own room. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, get that fucking... He's got that... <laughs> He's got that mall katana. It's got that thousand-folded steel from the knee. Yeah. Chris, that's the best voice for someone who's like, hang on, let me get my sword from my I'm going to get my, right? my sword Perfect. to defend my sister's honor. Perfect casting. <laughs> Henry did so, and when George returned with a sword, which he always kept in his bedroom, he said, <laughs> now go. Henry, I prefer a weapon of this description to pistols much. It's so much cooler. It's like my animes. <laughs> Do not be longer gone than necessary. The blade is sharp enough to slice a bullet out of the air. No gun can touch me. <laughs> the blade is the child of millennia. <laughs> oh, Christ. I will not, George, be assured. George was then left alone, and Henry returned to the balcony where Mr. Marchdale was waiting for him. It was a quicker mode of descending to the garden to do so by clambering over the balcony than any other, and the height was not considerable enough to make it very objectionable. Why have a fucking balcony at that point? So Henry and Mr. Marchdale chose that way of joining Mr. Chillingworth. So what they've great. done is they have opened the window and climbed down, noting as they go that it is very easy to climb in and out of the house through this window and balcony, and then just kind of continued walking yes. into the garden to see if there's a vampire yes. out there. It seems as if that is what they have done. Huh. Okay. You are no doubt much surprised at finding me here, said the doctor. But the fact is, I half made up my mind to come while I was here. But I had not thoroughly done so before I said nothing to you about it. We are much indebted to you, said Henry, for making the attempt. You what? <laughs> Thank you for breaking into my home. Yeah, it's a little weird. I am prompted to it by a feeling of the strongest curiosity. Are you armed, sir? Said Mr. Marchdale. In this stick, said the doctor, is a sword, the exquisite temper of which I know I can depend <laughs> upon, and I fully intend to run through anyone whom I saw that looked in the least of the vampire order. <laughs> oh my god, the <laughs> teeming with weeaboo, he actually gave a phallus, the folded steel I know will impale any of the vampire kind. This sword cane motherfucker is out here just murdering innocent goths in the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, please, I was just going to the Kira concert, please! <laughs> <laughs> you say going to the cure concert and I'll murder you on purpose Dino you would have done quite right replied Mr. Marchdale I have a brace of pistols here loaded with ball will you take one Henry if you please <laughs> loaded, with loaded, ball. loaded with ball till the vampire fall and then we shall all be armed 
Thus, then prepared for any exigency, they made the whole round of the house, but found all the fastenings secure, and everything as quiet as possible. Suppose now we take a survey of the park outside the garden wall, said Mr. Marchdale. This was agreed to, but before they proceeded far, Mr. Marchdale said, There is a ladder lying on the wall. Would it not be a good plan to place it against the very spot the supposed vampire jumped over last night, and so, from a more elevated position, take a view of the open meadows? We could easily drop down on the outer side if we saw anything suspicious. Not a bad plan, said the doctor. Shall we do it? Certainly, said Henry, and they accordingly carried the ladder, which had been used for pruning the trees towards the spot at the end of the long walk, at which the vampire had made good, after so many fruitless efforts, his escape <laughs> from the premises. Right. I forgot about that. Wait, is the vampire trying to get in or out? Wait, So yeah. the vampire got in, and then people found it in, and so the vampire had to get out. But in trying to get out, there was several paragraphs where the people chasing the vampire stopped and waited and watched as the vampire repeatedly jumped and failed to get over the garden wall. Yeah. Yeah. So just, like, totally Looney Tune shit. Yeah, like, completely, like, yakety sacks, like, he can't make it out. <laughs> they made haste down the long vista of trees until they reached the exact spot, and then they placed the ladder as near as possible exactly where Henry, in his bewilderment on the evening before, had seen the apparition from the grave spring to. We can ascend singly, said Marchdale, but there is ample space for us all there to sit on the top of the wall and make our observations. Oh, singly, not singly as if they were singing a song. I see. Oh, I understand. Yeah. This was seen to be the case, and in about a couple of minutes, they had taken up their positions on the wall, and although the height was but trifling, they found that they had a much more extensive view than they could have obtained by any other means. It's funny, like, hobbits built everything in this goddamn estate. <laughs> to contemplate the beauty of such a night as this, said Mr. Chillingworth, is amply sufficient compensation for coming the distance I have. That's great, Mr. Chillingworth. You usually yeah, break really. into people's homes so you can just look at the sky? <laughs> Oh, he loves it. And who knows, remarked Marchdale, we may yet see something which may throw a light upon our present perplexities. God knows that I would give all I can call mine in the world to relieve you and your sister, Henry Bannerworth, from the fearful effect which last night's proceedings cannot fail to have upon you. What a fucking sentence. Don't say my full name, Mr. Marchdale, please. Of that I am well assured, Mr. Marchdale, said Henry. If the happiness of myself and family depended upon you, we should be happy indeed. Oh, look at these lovebirds flirting again. You are silent, Mr. Chillingworth, remarked Marchdale. Yeah, after a slight <laughs> yeah pause. this is awkward. You got fucking third wheel in it over here. <laughs> hush, said Mr. Chillingworth. Hush, hush. Good God, what do you hear? cried Henry. The doctor laid his hand upon Henry's arm as he said, There is a young lime tree yonder to the right. Yes, yes. Carry your eye from it in a horizontal line as near as you can towards the wood. Henry did so, and then he uttered a sudden exclamation of surprise and pointed to a rising spot of ground, which was yet, in consequence of the number of tall trees in its vicinity, partially enveloped in shadow. "'What is that?' he said. "'I see something,' said Marchdale. "'By heaven, it is a human form lying stretched there.' "'It is, as if in death.' "'What can it be?' said Chillingworth. "'I dread to say,' replied Marchdale, "'but to my eyes, even at this distance, it seems like the form of him we chased last night.' The vampire? <laughs> God, he just passed out over there. Yes, yes. Look, the moonbeams touch him. Now the shadows of the trees gradually recede. God of heaven, the figure moves. Henry's eyes were riveted to that fearful object, and now a scene presented itself which filled them all with wonder and astonishment, mingled with sensations of the greatest awe and alarm. As the moonbeams, in consequence of the luminary rising higher and higher in the heavens, came to touch this figure that lay extended on the rising ground. A perceptible movement took place in it. The limbs appeared to tremble, and although it did not rise up, the whole body gave signs of vitality. The vampire. What? The vampire, said Mr. Marchdale. I cannot doubt it now. We must have hit him last night with the pistol bullets, and the moonbeams are now restoring him to a new life. <laughs> Shitty-ass vampire. This fucking loser vampire can't get over the wall gets fucking killed. Well, also, why are they just talking about it? And it's just laying face down? Yeah, like, why are they just beheading him and being done with it? I, I just... yeah, They're watching him come back to life. Like, go deal. Henry shuddered, and even Mr. Chillingworth turned pale. But he was the first to recover himself sufficiently to propose some course of action. And he said, 
Let us descend and go up to this figure. It is a duty we owe ourselves to uh, to ourselves yeah. as much as to society. Ah, yeah. Oh, wow, Chris joked. You almost, you almost got through the whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. That Holy was like 3,000 words, my dude. Well done. That was yeah. a new record. How many words was that? Like 3,000. Many of them. All right. One day I will remain unbothered and I will complete a whole thing. Dude, so you're gonna, if anyone can, you're going to get through a whole chapter of Varney. God damn. Hold a moment, said Mr. Markdale as he produced a pistol. I am an unerring shot, as you well know, from when I missed all those other shots last night, Henry. Before we move from this position we now occupy, allow me to try what virtue may be in a bullet to lay that figure low again. Markdale with his, like, he's got one solution and it works every time. Mm-hmm. He is rising, exclaimed Henry. Mr. Marchdale leveled the pistol. He took a sure and deliberate aim, and then, just as the figure seemed to be struggling to its feet, he fired, and with a sudden bound, it fell again. (laughs) 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 Fuck me. (laughs) All right, well. Wow. Okay, (laughs) well. The image of this vampire getting fucking shot to death, and it's like a whole day passes. It's like, oh, they, oh, all right, I'm back. I'm back up. <laughs> Mr. Marshdale's just swinging his legs in a fence, going, "Oh, bang!" That's <laughs> really funny. Yeah, that's a little bit of a, like a whittle in it and at net on that vampire there. <laughs> all right, well, I think uh, okay, yeah, think you've got us. At, you have hit it. Yeah, you have hit it," said Henry. You have indeed, exclaimed the doctor. I think we can go now. (laughs) That's it. It's all done. (laughs) Story over. I I think we're fucking done here. (laughs) I think we're done. (laughs) Hush, said Marchdale. Hush. Does it not seem to you that hit as often as you will, the moonbeams will recover it? Yes, yes, said Henry. They will. They will. (laughs) Keep shooting. Keep shooting. I can endure this no longer, said Mr. Chillingworth. As he sprung from the wall. Follow me or not, as you please. I will seek the spot where this being lies. Oh, be not rash, cried Marchdale. See, it rises again, and its form looks gigantic. Oh no, it eats (laughs) bullets and it makes it bigger. Oh god, he's a fucking Metal Gear Solid boss. (laughs) I trust in heaven in a righteous cause, said the doctor, as he drew the sword he had spoken of from the stick and threw away the scabbard. Come with me if you like, or I go alone. (laughs) Keep the scabbard, you dipshit. He's missing an opportunity to dual wield here. Yeah. Henry at once jumped down from the wall, and then Marchdale followed him, saying, Come on, I will not shrink. I'm a shower. <laughs> <laughs> they ran towards the piece of rising ground, but before they got to it, the form rose and made rapidly towards a little wood which was in the immediate neighborhood of the hillock. It is conscious of being pursued, cried the doctor. See how it glances back and then increases its speed? Fire upon it, Henry, said Marchdale. <laughs> Just keep fucking shooting. Just keep shooting. He did so, but either his shot did not take effect or it was quite unheeded if it did by the vampire, which gained the wood before they could have a hope of getting sufficiently near it to effect or endeavor to effect a capture. Also, ga- the vampire gained the wood like... The vampire oh, no. is real turgid <laughs> yeah, right did. now. Just Bullets like, yeah. just make it hornier. Real turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, he saw, he saw that Marchdale would not shrink. <laughs> mm. And he was like, oh, damn. I cannot follow it there, said Marchdale. In open country, I would have pursued it closely, but I cannot follow it into the intricacies of a wood. Pursuit is useless there, said Henry. It is enveloped <laughs> in the deepest gloom. After all of us trying to mimic Chris's voice. <laughs> as funny as Chris's voice. <laughs> I am not so unreasonable, remarked Mr. Chillingworth, as to wish you to follow into such a place as that. I am confounded utterly by this affair. And I, said Marchdale, what on earth is to be done? I don't know, maybe we just walk into the fucking woods with a torch, you fucking asshole. <laughs> no, no, that's way, that's way too far. Nothing, nothing, exclaimed Henry vehemently. And yet I have, beneath the canopy of heaven, declared that I will, so help me God. Spare neither time nor trouble in the unraveling of this most fearful piece of business. Did either of you remark the clothing which the spectral appearance wore? They were antique clothes, said Mr. Chillingworth, such as might have been fashionable a hundred years ago, but not now. Thank you for clarifying. Such was my impression, added Marchdale. And such my own, said Henry, excitedly. 
Is it at all within the compass of the wildest belief that what we have seen is a vampire and no other than my ancestor who, a hundred years ago, committed suicide? <laughs> I think I know why he did. He seems kind of like a bumbling loser. There was so much intense excitement and evidence of mental suffering that Mr. Chillingworth <laughs> took him by the arm saying, Shit, I didn't know I was in this story. <laughs> yeah, I was like, shit, is this a play-by-play -play of us reading this? Because that's, yeah, that's like, pretty fuck? accurate. Come home, come home. No more of this at present. You'll but make yourself seriously unwell. No, no, no. Come home now, I pray you. You are by far too much excited about this matter to pursue it with the calmness which should be brought to bear upon it. Weren't you the dude that drew your sword and ran at the wood? <laughs> yeah, you were the very same. Very true. Uh, and threw the walking stick it was in away. Take advice, Henry, said Marchdale. Take advice and come home at once. I will yield to you. I feel that I cannot control my own feelings. I will yield to you, who, as you say, are cooler on this subject than I could be. <laughs> so fucking cool, Mr. Marchdale. Oh, Flora, Flora, I have no comfort to bring to you now. Poor Henry Bannerworth, that stupid fuck, appeared to be in a complete <laughs> state of mental prostration. Mental prostation. On account of the distressing circumstances that had occurred so rapidly and so suddenly in his family, which had had quite enough to contend with without having superadded to every other evil the horror of believing that some preternatural agency was at work to destroy every hope of future happiness in this world under any circumstances. That was a whole sentence. That was a whole sentence. Is superadded just multiplication? Yeah. Yeah. Superadded. I think added. so. Superadded is not a word. I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> yeah, I was. I like saw that as I was reading, and my eyes saw it, and I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> He suffered himself to be led home by Mr. Chillingworth and Marchdale. He no longer attempted to dispute the dreadful fact concerning the supposed vampire. He could not contend now against all the corroborating circumstances that seemed to collect together for the purpose of proving that which, even when proved, was contrary to all his notions of heaven and at variance with all that was recorded and established as part and parcel of the system of nature. Did that sentence make any sense? Not even a fucking whit of okay. it, no. I cannot deny, he said when they had reached home, that such things are possible, but the probability will not bear a moment's investigation. There are more things, said Marchdale solemnly, in heaven and on earth than are dreamed of in our philosophy. Yes, you two have read Hamlet. Very impressive. We're all, we're all very impressed. Yeah, I was going to say, all right, right, all right. Just kind of just clipping shakes over there. That's great. There are indeed, it appears, said Mr. Chillingworth. And are you a convert? said Henry, turning to him. A convert to what? Scientology. <laughs> to a belief in... In... Tom Cruise? <laughs> these, these vampires. I mean, uh, Tom Cruise's finest role. That's true. Yeah, not, not a lie. I... And if any human being lived only on the blood of other humans, I'm guessing it would be him. Yeah, yeah voted, voted most likely to be a fucking vampire, Tom Cruise. No, indeed. If you were to shut me up in a room full of vampires, I would tell them all to their teeth that I defied them. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. But after what we have seen tonight, what have we seen? You are yourself a witness. True. I saw a man lying down, and then I saw a man <laughs> get up. He seemed then to be shot, but whether he was or not, he only knows. And then I saw him walk off in a desperate hurry. Beyond that, I saw nothing. Fair point. Fucking, fucking fair point. <laughs> I know, I saw you try to kill a guy. I know they saw that. <laughs> yes, but taking such circumstances into combination with others, have you not a terrible fear of the truth of the dreadful appearance? No, no, on my soul, no. I will die in my disbelief of such an outrage upon heaven as one of these creatures would most assuredly be. Hey, uh, let's take a quick bet that he's going to die soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I could think like you, but the circumstance strikes too nearly to my heart. Be of better cheer, Henry. Be of better cheer, yeah, che said Cheer Marchdale. up, you dumb bitch. There is one circumstance which we ought to consider. It is that, from all we have seen, there seems to be some things which would favor an opinion, Henry, that your ancestor, whose portrait hangs in the chamber which was occupied by Flora, is the vampire. Cheer up! The dress was the same, said Henry. I noted it was. And I. Cheer up, your loser suicide uncle is still alive and tried to kill your sister. Look on the bright side. Do you not then think it possible that something might be done to set that part of the question at rest? What? What? In the butt. Where is your ancestor buried? 
Ah, I understand you now. And I, said Chillingworth. Ah, oh, Mr. Chillingworth. Oh, fuck. I had like a paragraph left and I uh, fucked it up. You, oh, you were uh, so close. Ken, Ken, take us home. It is I. Mr. Chillingworth. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I, said Mr. Chillingworth, you would propose a visit to his mansion? I would, added Marchdale. Anything that may in any way tend to assist in making this affair clearer and divesting it of its mysterious circumstances would be most desirable. Henry appeared to rouse for some moments, and then he said, Rouse for some moments, really? Okay. He, in common with many other members of the family, no doubt occupies place in the vault under the old church in the village. Would it be possible, asked Mr. Marchdale. Nope. Not a mister. Just Marchdale. No mister, there's just regular old Marchdale. Wow, we both fucked up with a title. He was consistently Mr. Marchdale in every chapter before this one. Every single chapter. All right, Chris, take us home. Would it be possible, asked Marchdale, to get into that vault without exciting general attention? It would, said Henry. The entrance to the vault is in the flooring of the pew which belongs to the family in the old church. Then it can be done, asked Mr. Chillingworth. Most undoubtedly. Will you take a... Oh, wow. <laughs> I, oh. I missed the under. We're just tripping all over ourselves. <laughs> wow, we just can't finish oh, wow, the story. Wow. Go, D, go. We got, we, got melt, we got melt brain. Oh. <laughs> all right, there's like three sentences. <laughs> will you undertake such an adventure said mr chillingworth it may ease your mind he was buried in the vault and in his clothes said henry musingly i will think about it ah fuck oh, no. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh god we got mushmouth uh, roulette all right are we just gonna all have to keep reading every like two words until the every end? three words i think uh, so i'm committed to the bit go paris go <laughs> all right I will think of it. About such a proposition, I would not decide hastily. Give me leave to think of it until tomorrow. Most certainly. They now made their way to the chamber of Flora, and they heard from George that nothing of an alarming character had occurred to disturb him on his lonely watch. The morning was now again dawning, and Henry earnestly entreated Mr. Marchdale to go to bed with him, which he did, leaving <laughs> the two brothers to continue as sentinels by Flora's bedside until the morning light should banish all uneasy thoughts. Henry related to George what had taken place outside the house, and the two brothers held a long and interesting conversation for some hours upon that subject. That I didn't write because I don't want this to be interesting. As well as upon others of great importance to their welfare. It was not until the sun's early rays came glaring in at the casement that they both rose and thought of awakening Flora, who had now slept soundly for so many hours. Good God. Well done. Ooh, I was so nervous wow. there. I was like, wow. don't fuck yeah. this up. <laughs> we, we, we were all just like, good work, team. We made it in. Oh, we vanquished another chapter of Varney. <laughs> We've sh- It got up and we shot it back down. <laughs> it kept getting back up. And, we <laughs> and, kept... uh, and then we all just kept falling over that wall. So, Chris, what do you think of Varney, the vampire, now that you are introduced, question mark, to this tome? Varney is the vampire? Yes. Yes. Has he had a speaking role in this so far? Not yet. He has only been shot twice. <laughs> That's a hell of a character introduction. <laughs> he has been a girl on the neck once and been shot twice. Uh, you know, that's not a bad KD ratio. <laughs> it's great. It's like, it's like if I snuck into my kitchen for some like Tostitos and someone fucking stabbed me. And I was like, oh, God. When on the way back to my room, someone stabbed me again. <laughs> but you got up both times. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's Tostitos. Would you not? Exactly. I yeah, would. I would. Okay. Oh, I well, that chips. that was something. That was a, a story. <laughs> I... I don't know, man. Yeah, this fucking shit. God, how long is this fucking? Oh, it's, God. It's really that, long. That's yeah. really long. Yeah, no, it's insane. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, well, I guess we And we're we'll... going to do all of it. Yeah, I guess we'll see you at the end of this in five years. Um... <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I'm always happy to read more dumb bullshit with y'all, so it's Aww. cool. It's cool. Oh, uh, shucks. We love it. Warms love my heart. It. Oh, yeah, I guess it's only 6.30. That was a quick one. Yeah. yeah. About half as long as a given Kardaki story. Yeah. Yeah, true. you can actually just blow through these. It's, it's pretty good. Well, Chris read, like, the whole thing by himself, so that kind of helped Yeah, out. yeah, we, we, we kind of, we were just kind of laying back on Chris that over one. Here. Oh, after teaching the whole day, too, so I've been talking for a while already. Why did I do that? Oof. I should have just flubbed on purpose. But no, I'm too proud. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was gonna say you could tap out, but like you didn't want to. No, I, yeah, I want to. Okay. I want to do a whole chapter on my own. <laughs> I believe in you. You can do it. You can do it. There's this sort of like beta wave brainwave zone where I'm just reading the words out loud without comprehending them at all. That I can get into if I'm you know, brain dead enough. So I feel like that's how the author wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... I think you might actually be, like, briefly possessed by the author. Oh. Well, thank you both for joining us. This was a hoot and a holler. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. We're always, like I said. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Always available time. for hoots and or hollers. Yeah, like I said, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta get the Venn diagram summoning circles aligned and, and place the sweet tarts and coffee and ramen noodles in the right position, and then Chris and I will appear and read Varney with you. Within the electric pentacle. Yes, yes, all within the electric <laughs> pentacle. How could I forget that very important ingredient? I know. Well, to everyone listening, if you would like more of this nonsense, you should absolutely check out the Terrible Book Club podcast, which is just reading terrible books, and it's amazing. Oh, yeah, hey, uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for plugging our, our show, and we forgot to do that. Yeah, listen to our stupid fucking podcast. God damn it. <laughs> oh, why am I so bad at promotion? <laughs> I just don't know the right moment to bring it up. You know, what's rude? What's polite? Yeah, right. What's the, yeah, we don't wanna... what's the Victorian etiquette standards for bringing up your podcast? Yeah, yeah, Ken, help us out here. Do we, Should we leave a calling card first and then, like, wait? You do have to leave a calling card and then wait a week for the person to drop a calling card back at your house. And they just kind of trade calling cards back and forth for a while without actually seeing each other. And then you can talk about your podcast. Oh, cool. I got a holographic one. That's a rare one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. And I think that does it. I think that does us. Yeah, I, gu- I guess I guess we are cooked. Uh, thank you for having us on again. Listen to the Terrible Book Club podcast if you are looking for some laughs and sometimes laughs with a sprinkle of insight um, about books that we think will be bad, but sometimes turn out to be not bad. Kind of depends. All right. Good night, y'all. Good night. Bye. Good night.